0: hi
1: this is tom church with role playing public radio episode twenty three Tricks and treats. That's With, Halloween tricks and treats. Well, what's like? Well, wh- when you ever mention tricks and treats, Ross, what do you think about? Which, ho- ho- which holiday comes to mind?
0: No, I think about what the hell does that kid learn? Because it's trick or treat, not tricks and treats. You see, you go from the... Uh,
1: yeah, too mu- talking too much, talking too much, to talking too much, talking and, too much. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. With me is Ross. <laughs> yeah. 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 You notice I introduced that one. Yeah. yeah. We switch things up. It's like Bizarro Day. We keep it spicy. There we go. That's how we do it. That's a spicy tomato. Never say that again.
0: <laughs> Never. <laughs> Anyways, um, for this episode, uh, Tom and I uh, have come up with a bunch of ideas, just sort of meeting topics, talking about horror gaming in general, how to run. Yeah. Have more stuff, advice for you, since a lot of yeah. you really I mean, appreciated Yeah, the, It's still
1: uh, October. We feel we, we should still continue on horror. Yeah. As long as we're in October. Uh,
0: yeah, so... I'm and sure and
1: in Thanksgiving, we'll horror. we'll cover some... Food game stuff. Well,
0: some of our listeners have uh, gotten some got really great advice out of last episode. Uh, well, that,
1: That's what we're here for.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's Andrew Gold who ran a horror game for the first time, and he hey, really, really did. The players done. were all scared. of uh, So yeah, we'll uh, try and give you some more fodder for food for thought, or yeah, blood for thought. I don't know. It's uh,
1: well, you're, you're not you're not on your horror game tonight here. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. You're not. I'm not feeling it. No, no, I'm just.
0: Uh, Horrible, horrible little man. So, Tom, why don't you you, you talk first
1: about the topic? Well, okay. I thought of this topic, and uh, mainly from very strong personal experience for the last year, is how exactly do you run a horror game for a group that doesn't do horror? Now, this could be for because they don't like it, they just haven't done it before. And I kind of have a problematic group when it comes to running horror games.
0: Yeah, we mentioned this a little bit in the last episode, but
1: you know. well, I'm planning one that I'm I'm hoping will do it, and I've had to I've had to you know change some things up for what I normally do. I mean, our normal games for that group are lighthearted.
0: The gargo this is your gargoyles group, right?
1: Yes, this is my. They love that game because there's weird, freaky shit, but it's not nothing too horrific, nothing really gory, nothing nothing that leaps out, and you know. Slap smashes them in the face with the fear hammer. Right, they're not threatened. In other words, no. And I honestly think I don't think they like to be threatened. So I'm actually I I do I run games with them. I think of ideas and I ask them what do you think of this. I also take requests, and I've had to take a request recently. Yeah, they wanted an anime game. Anime, anime. Yeah, know. and. Uh, I'm not the world's biggest in fact I'm not a fan of anime. <laughs> Any anime? Uh there's been a f- there's only a there's like a few shining gems in a sea of shit. Yeah. So, what I What
0: are your shining gems,
1: Tom? I like the Guyver series. Okay. I liked Helsing. Okay. That's about it actually. Really? Not even Akira?
0: No. You know what I liked about Akira? What? It wasn't the animation. It wasn't the plot. It wasn't the action. It was Tetsuo! Kaneda! Tetsuo! Yeah. Uh, he's gonna that.
1: go back. He's gonna do that forever. I
0: could have a Tetsuo screaming nine thousand campaign. Oh, dude. Just guys oh. screaming Tetsuo in the <laughs> desert, and then you roll, hours. and then you roll some dice, and they get over nine thousand. Yeah. Dragon.
1: Yeah. But anyway, no. The, <laughs> the one they've requested that they're apparently super into is Bleach. Oh,
0: yes. That's one of what the kiddies like nowadays, don't it? Yeah. That and Naruto.
1: And Death Note, depending on who you talk to. Ooh, the... Yeah, that's the hot topic anime, right? Yeah. (laughs) So they wanted something based on Bleach. Yeah. Now, I'm not about to go watch Bleach before I run well, this.
0: Well, I mean, honestly, Tom, you don't have enough time. I mean, like, there are, what, 7,000 episodes of Ble- I mean, there's, like, season
1: 18, episode yeah. 915. Yeah, the, yep, the episode list has exponents on it by yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good way, buddy. Thank you. So, so
1: um, no. So, I've, I mean, I've, I've gone to the wiki on it, yeah, just to get some basic shit. And I'm like, all right, oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> like, oh big swords that get bigger and bigger still, and they
0: have to train to get more secret ninja yeah. powers, oh, and, or
1: and they're and they're dead. That's the part I fear. I can work with that. Yeah. So, I finally, I think I figured out what I want to do, and I, since it's Halloween, I'm starting at Halloween night. Nice. After they get back from the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Oh, they're going to the uh, the Moxie's uh, ho- Rocky Horror, or are they going to a different show?
1: They're going to the Moxie's. Nice. I, I'm a heathen. I don't like that movie. Eh. But anyway. I can take it or leave it. So, I—I I, what from what I learned, I had to research it about Bleach, and I can't believe I'm talking about this, but <laughs> please bear with me, people. There is payoff, I promise you. <laughs> I realize it all takes place, it's the Japan so, you know, Soul Society stuff where they hunt souls that become hollows, which are yeah. monsters, monsters, right? Monsters, yeah. yeah. I've, hollow, you don't yeah. get like,
0: oh, I'm a hollow, I'm happy, and I'm, I'm like a gummy bear. No.
1: You're, no. Hollow is uh like And of it. course, they want it lighthearted, and they also love it when I throw in pop culture items. Okay. So, in this one, to throw them off, to think of what kind of game this is going to be... I'm gonna send it that something's going on in America. Okay. And America. Has, and America has a brand new society of their own, except it's so new that they, they're on the swing of things, and they're, it's based off the old West.
0: Ooh. Okay. Okay.
1: So uh, now I'm gonna I'm setting it in the '80s for okay. a reason because they they you know they said okay we they, yeah it'd be great to you know, have some you know like throw some culture in like you love when you do that so I'm throwing the Ghostbusters in. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, I told enough. them that much. Okay. Which, you're like, oh, dude, this is going to be fun. However, everything that's going to be antagonists, mm-hmm. I made up on my own by actually by borrowing some from the Book of Unrementing Horror. Ah, uh, that's going to be one of our... That's from uh, Pelgrim
0: Press. It's a monster book for Fear Itself and Esoterrorist. We'll mention it later in the shout-out section. Suffice to say, there's some really fucked-up shit in
1: it. Yeah. There's some of the things I'm going to use. I'm going to use the uh, blood corpses. Yeah. Those are the monsters that we had in the Fear Itself game, although I didn't name them. They're basically
0: uh, blood junkies with needles for fingers. I'll be
1: using the organ grinder. Oh, that's the big
0: old tank kind of like... Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm using the practice...
0: Okay. Evil medical and, uh, doctor. Monsters.
1: And my my goal is I'm planning like every and I'm planning I'm using the outer dark from it. I like that idea.
0: I think it's the outer black, but yeah, whatever.
1: I think it's well outer black the 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 crawling dimension of terror and yeah, yeah, yeah. darkness. And I've de- I've decided that I'm going to build it slowly first. Like you get to New York, like, he's like, well, first you meet the the American group. It's a bunch of like ex cowboys and you know, people that are totally new to this and their weapons are guns. That's going to be awesome. And then you get to New York when there's rumors of mortals have figured out a way to trap spirits with science. <laughs> and there's a, big, a bunch of interaction there. Then I start to slowly build it up. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to start, it's going to start very lighthearted. Then I'll have a small scary thing. Then that shit, then this shit just got real.
0: Yeah. You know, actually, I'm going to, oh,
1: wait, first it's going to be a couple of, weird shit before shit starts to get real. Okay. Then and it's going to climax in the uh, building at like at the end of Ghostbusters. However it's not going to be anything just they're opening a doorway. Right. It's going to be this building is taken over by shit that defies comprehension. Nice. And it's going to be lots of mortals suffering. (laughs) And people they once were friends with are now horrible monsters that are trying to kill them.
0: I like that. I like the, the betrayal angles. It's, that's a good way of doing it. I mean, you wouldn't even have to emphasize. One thing, uh, my only suggestion is since your group is such a horror lightweights, mm-hmm. not to emphasize the really, you know, torture, horror, suffering type stuff, mm-hmm. but like the, the betrayal, I think that would be enough to get it. Like hit them with one or the other. Like, not both at the same time. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, in any given session, say, all right, I'm just going to emphasize betrayal. You know, that these, that their friends have, are you know, being mind-controlled, and they have to kill their own friends. I mean, that's horror enough for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, or, like, they're, they're now screwed-up monsters, but you can still tell who this once was.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like the idea that they have to kill their one, put down their own friend, like so, make it some NPC that they just love, you know, Walker, Texas Ranger or whatever. (laughs) And then that they have to kill him at the end or, you know, Egon or Spengler or one of the ghostbusters or Mm -hmm. something like that, that, you know, he's turning into this horrible biomechanical monstrosity that's in pain and anguish and lives only to kill and that they have to destroy him (laughs) or he will destroy New York. That alone is horror enough for them. I'm
1: guessing. And uh, like the, the, practice i'm going to use subtly too but i the, I, I love the the, the yeah, basically it's a,
0: pulling the strings behind everything
1: yeah well they're like this primary enemies with the main bad guy who's now i'm saying who is pulled into the outer dark and became part of it
0: there is only Zul.
1: yeah and Zul <laughs> and like the the uh you know those horrible the monster dog things from ghostbusters will be in there only they'll be actually using their viciousness to tear people apart.
0: Again, yeah. You know, one thing I thought of while you were talking about that, there there could be another alternate route. Well, it's actually Japanese, Mm -hmm. which would be take the ghost route. Mm -hmm. You know, like look at movies like The Ring, The Grudge, uh, things like that, where, or The the Eye, or The Whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. And there's very little gore in it. In fact, almost none at all. And except for a couple of things and it emphasizes, you know, people being taken or, you know, just disappearing yeah, and being swallowed up. And, you know, they're PG-13 type movies and they're still really, really scary. So if at least the good ones are, I mean, a lot of those are crappy movies or, yeah. or at least the American remakes are fuck the American remakes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, If it doesn't have subtitles, it
1: sucks. Yeah. There's another thing I'm going to do. I I told them I told them what I want them to know. Right. Like I told them, oh, and also Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. Yeah. I'll probably probably throw him in. They're like, oh, dude, he's awesome. Except I'm going to use him like the way he's intended to be used. That I don't really think they get. They just think he looks cool. Yeah. They've. I'm not. I'm gonna have them going. Him going after them.
0: Have you played Silent Hill too?
1: Oh, I've beaten it. I okay. love it. It's one of Have my
0: you favorite. read some of the plot analysis and some of like what the symbolism of what Pyramid Pyramid Head? I mean, one thing is emphasized is that Pyramid Head can't die. I mean, like he's mm-hmm. not really a th- person. He's a you know a manifestation of something greater. So like every mm-hmm. time they fight him, they they might drive him off or you know, but he'll come back. Yeah. So.
1: But you know and. I think I think they love the way he looks. Not him. Not him trying to kill them with that knife that's bigger than he is. Yeah. They don't. They've never done that. Where, uh, and where it's, it can even kill them even though they're dead, or it starts killing. Or you know, I can imagine like another NPC they really love, and he just does the hold them up, just tear their skin off, and then throw it at them.
0: Right. Again, though, you know, to be honest, if I were you, I wouldn't try and emphasize the gore so much because then that you they might just buy out of it. You know, like stop. No, they're gore lightweights too. So yeah,
1: and I'm not. I don't, I'm not. I'm not going to shower them with entrails right, right away.
0: I mean, with with lightweights, you can't you know keep throwing you know since they have such a low tolerance for that. You know, you you got to just overwhelm them with one single swoop. You know, one particularly awful scare, you know, and I don't think it should be gore. I think you maybe make it totally goreless. Try, I mean, experiment. I mean, this is your game. Well, some scenes will be entirely goreless. Right. So you might try a game, a scenario where it's like ghosts and there's no gore whatsoever. But people are just disappearing and they have to figure out what's going on. Maybe you could do the whole Ring or ju thing where, or the grudge, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, where they, they know they're cursed, that they're going to die. In seven days or three days or whatever, unless they figure it out, and people have NPCs around them start disappearing. Just see that how that happens. I mean, no gore, but mm-hmm. people are disappearing. You know, the lights start flickering. Mm-hmm. You know, they hear voices, they see things. That would be really freaky. So yeah. I don't know. That, just a thought. But,
1: so, so that's what I'm going to do. Is like I can run horror with them if I don't tell them it's going to be horror. Yeah, and, and ha, it,
0: they don't listen to this and, podcast.
1: And as long, I think, as long as I keep the keep it simple in the beginning, yeah, they'll be along with the game so much that they're not really going to notice that I've suddenly changed their, you know, anime into horror. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, let us know how that goes. See if you can get them to record. See I'll,
1: if I'll see. If I, uh, one of the players particularly doesn't like to be recorded. Okay, fair
0: enough. So, uh, anyways. Uh... Well one, you, one of the things you also mentioned were uh you know some of the success and horror stories of some of your past games and things like that.
1: Yeah, so. and a lot of the successes I have to attribute to Sean. He he really was a, a great horror game GM. I think some people can do it and just I don't I don't think some people can't. That's true. I, I was true. fortunate he was I was fortunate that he was one of those that could. And uh I already I mentioned one I, th- I mentioned one ago, a while ago of the uh, White Wolf game where we were federal agents. Yeah. And uh he was also good at that, keeping it subtle at first, you know, the we were walking down a gravel road and we stop and we still hear gravel footsteps behind us. Right. Turn, nothing's there. And uh he was he was also good at setting you know he was good at you he used music, but he kept it really soft and then he knew right the moment when to pump it up.
0: Right. Yeah, that timing is just you either got it or you I mean, you can learn it, but I mean it it's just Uh, You're right about some people not being able to run horror games, and some people are. It all depends on your personality and what really interests you. Unless horror really is your thing, you know, then you shouldn't run horror campaigns, per se. Yeah. I I mean, if you really hate horror, if you're not a horror fan at all, I mean, if you just can't stand horror, I mean, you really shouldn't be trying to run it. No. I mean, only run the stuff that really interests you.
1: Well, I've known people that they hate horror, but they want to be expert, versatile GMs. Yeah. So they'll try to run shit they don't like. And it usually, it shows. Yeah.
0: Like, and, yeah, I mean, don't try and force yourself. I mean, an occasional horror one-shot or something like that. I mean, you know, what, try, I mean, you never know until you try, like, right. conversely. So, if you're not sure about horror, give it a shot. But, I mean, if you hate it, you know.
1: Yeah. I remember, like, Sean, he he preferred to run White Wolf. Yeah. I think the best games he ever did when we were playing Mortals. Yeah. Because... Again, if, powerless. Yeah i I know, and he's he comes from the school of first edition world of darkness, where it was horror, not supernatural superheroes right that's well, what it, that's really what it became
0: I mean in the old world of darkness, that's the pretty big accusation, especially when you are one of the creatures. Yeah. I mean, and
1: when you're immortal,
0: yeah, you're pretty much fucked.
1: Well, the first edition, really, it, it you know... Oh, it, first edition. Yeah, World. first edition. Isn't not
0: old versus new World of Darkness.
1: I'm talking about first edition Old World of okay. Darkness, where it was, like, being a being a vampire was bad. It's just, you're a horrible monster who's just lost his humanity, not, you're, like, you're a vampire now. Dude, this is awesome. Yeah. Which is what, you know, second and How third How many edition. dots of superpowers do I get? You know? Yeah, that's awesome. I want more dots. So uh, dot, 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 dot. yeah, but you know, whenever we were running games that were like when you're when you were running vampire or werewolf, although I wasn't there, another I, I had the Sean game, but he ran Wraith one time for David. Ooh, and uh, David did not take that very well. <laughs> and, I mean, Wraith is all about. I mean, because Sean knew Wraith, but he was what he was most good at was being your is being your shadow, yeah. which is constantly trying to c- corrupt you. Yeah. Sean was excellent at doing the niggling little voice that's telling you to do bad things. David got uncomfortable with it to the point is like I, I don't I don't want to do Wraith again. Wow.
0: And uh, It was both a success and a failure because I mean it was successful in that he was scary, but it's a failure that the player never wants to play again.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's it's like no Wraith, no more. Yeah. And it's too bad because and then he showed me the Specter book. Yeah, which is a black dog game,
0: right? That's the uh, those are the evil, fucked up spirits that are all corrupted and everything.
1: Yeah, the specters like they're the ones who've given into their shadow. Yeah, and uh, it. I, I wish I could have been in that game. I really, but I was on vacation. Race,
0: I've heard several people, several really knowledgeable people, call it the best RPG ever. I mean, like, or one of the best.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, and the thing is, a lot of people, the people he played with, who did White Wolf, didn't like to play mortals. They're used to. Power, right? I personally kind of thought it was kind of fun to, uh, you know, to be you know, be a be a normal guy in a world surrounded by supernatural horror that apparently no one seems to see. Yeah, I know. Okay, I, that's I never. Well, I mean, that's yeah. I like that that uh, the whole Hunter
0: the Reckoning campaign took that idea so mm-hmm. to a certain extent.
1: So, but and there, he did all kinds of games, and he used he used everything. He made up his own stuff, but he actually made just encountering normal vampires as mortals terrifying. Yeah. Not, you know, not like you go to you go to the dark Knight Club downtown where Lord Toreador Fauntleroy is is there, like, <laughs> yes, I'm a vampire, I lord over all I see.
0: <laughs> I like Lord to- uh, Toreador Fauntleroy, I'll have to steal that at some time.
1: Go, go ahead. All this, yeah. all the like, all this stuff is uh public domain, by the way, yes, yeah, yeah, something like that, but it. Creative yeah. Commons, bitches. Anyway. No, Sha Sean, was particularly fond of Nosferatu. Yeah, uh, and uh, using and using them as players' first encounter with vampires.
0: That would be a good way of putting. Actually, it.
1: them and G- Zen, them and Jimisi. Yeah, he was really he was really good at using those Lush crafting. Yeah, because he said he actually really got kind of tired of just the the Camarilla. He said bored him, and he ran a few games where there was no Camarilla. All vampires mm. were just. On the, either, either the, the Sabat or on their own.
0: Right. Um, especially, yeah, if you you play, if you set the game in an isolated area, not a major city, then you could certainly have the, you know... I mean, the humans aren't going to know anything about vampire society anyway, so one, one yeah. bloodsucker is as freaky as the next.
1: Yeah, another the good thing he did... Obviously I'm not really mentioning specific games, but the stuff he did... He, he liked to run games in Springfield. Yeah, that was the setting. And the thing is That's the town we live in, so Yeah. And he it was it was effective because he could make things we've seen every day creepy. Like he could point out, you know, the Tyndall feed mill. Yeah. There's something dark and sinister about it. <laughs> or uh, yeah, or cemeteries that we've driven by every day.
0: Right. Make the familiar you know, corrupt the familiar, yeah. yeah. Make them unfamiliar, basically. So, uh yeah, that's true. Again, that's like the Silent Hill principle. You take a normal town, then you put some fog in it, and then after that, you do that for a while, then turn it into yeah. hell, basically. Especially
1: if it's stuff you're personally familiar with. And yeah, exactly. Actually, okay, I, this is off topic, but do you remember when we went to go watch Darkness in Branson? Yeah. It was like December 27th, two days after Christmas. We went down by the way shit movie by the way but the road trip was eh. worth it cuz when we got to when we got to Branson it was completely abandoned
0: yeah and this is Branson Missouri this is like one of the show live music show capitals of the world hundreds of millions of people every year go there it's you know wall you know bumper to bumper traffic most of the year yeah we went down there tour buses families yeah. old people just they you know there are all these music shows there are country music but i mean still it's all, i've never that's the only time i've seen it not
1: it was, it was practically empty, yeah. and even more, there was a fog over everything. Yeah, there was a fog over the place. It was abandoned. Yeah, I mean, it got when we pulled into the theater, it was fine. Yeah. Then the moment we left, the fog descended again, and that although we were like, "Dude, the movie suck, but this is awesome."
0: Yeah, no, that that trip made I, it. I can see
1: you. Could, I mean, it's one of those things you could imagine shapes flitting in the fog ahead yeah. of you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it kind of made me want a fog or the mist type scenario, you know, with yeah. the uh, the uh, the things in the mist. Um, so yeah, that's that's a good point. So um, now you also mentioned Sean, you know, acting basically. You
1: know. Yeah, Sean had I don't I think it was what I've dubbed you know his his game face. He I mean he when he got when he was running a horror game he was into it completely even if no one else was. And you and you could tell it's, you know, we'd be, you know, this is the bullshit and banter and character creation before we did stuff. He's there, like, you know, drinking some sake or whatever. Yeah. Then when, you know, he's like, all right, everyone's done. He said, all right, everyone's done, got their sheets, all right. And he, you know, they'll lower the lights a little bit, and suddenly his face would change. It almost, it was almost kind of like he got that, you know, underlighting on his face.
0: Like you're telling a scary, scary, scary story, story with, with a flashlight. flashlight.
1: Yeah. And his tone got, well, his tone got horror. That's the best way I can put it. You know, just when he's describing stuff, suddenly he's speaking in his normal voice, but there's a tone to it he didn't have before. And when he does, when he does NPCs, you know, especially crazy ones, he you could believe that that's an insane person talking to you. Uh, it's it was it's rare. I've seen I've seen very few GMs do that. I think when like when you do. Uh, creepy little kids I think you do that very well <laughs> you should do more of that
0: okay I actually have a uh, one shot scenario uh, hopefully we'll be able to play Thursday with very creepy kid
1: and the thing is you do it best when you're not even really saying creepy things yeah when it's just a kid you know asking where his mommy is but just, just the way you say it <laughs> it's where I was like I don't know where your mom is I don't know
0: <laughs> um yeah i've had a lot of practice uh, running little fears and uh, monsters and other childish things uh that sort of helped uh but yeah that's true and if you like if you're a gm if you can commit like an actor if you can be brave enough that you know like the, yeah. the key word for me is sean was into it when no, even if no one else was i mean if you can not be self-conscious you know, yeah, and just lo- lower your inhibitions just, or, to like, enough, like just like let loose, let loose, and really just be brave enough to go out there, not and you know not be afraid of looking like an idiot or whatever else. Mm-hmm. You can really enhance the quality of your game, yeah. and this doesn't just apply to horror. No, I mean any, any dramatic game. I,
1: I, I do that with my action games. I, I mean, I admit sometimes I'll actually start doing machine gun noises. Yeah, or explosion noises. Just yeah. And even though I look, I, I feel like an idiot. I do it, and it yeah. it comes across well. I,
0: think. I know in a couple of horror games, I have a, I'll I have this trick where I hit the table if something's you know mm-hmm. walking towards the group, you know, yeah. or if something's banging on the door, you know, or something yes. like that. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, the thing is, uh, yeah. it, the the door starting to give, guys. Uh, what are you gonna do? So,
1: but you can, you know, if even if the players aren't into it, if you're into it you've at least accomplished that yeah
0: true um
1: and uh, you know it's it's a, just don't you know leave your ego at the door
0: yeah yeah you really just it's a game to have fun but you really need to push beyond your boundaries to if you want to run a really exceptional game
1: now I mean, with all that in mind yeah I have also been in some real piles of shit <laughs> okay ones ones that I think of, I just I almost don't think about and then somehow something will remind me of it like oh god like okay, one for instance was a group I did two games with.
0: Well, say that. I mean, is that going to be your anecdote, or is that, or Are you talking about something else?
1: Oh, I guess I suppose. Yeah, you got
0: to save something for the rest of the show, Tom. You think I should? Well, I mean, what are some of the in the games?
1: Like, uh, what about the abortive? Okay, games? well, for my my friend David, yeah. I've mentioned it before. He tried to run a horror game one time. Okay, I don't even remember remember the system. I, I don't. I don't remember what the plot was. I don't remember what character I played. All I do remember is that, well, as you said, you remember like you know don't, you know don't overdo something. Yeah. In this case, gore. He overdid the gore. Oh right. This right. was a game he thought gore equals horror. Yeah. And he it's laid very it on. Common th- mistake to He make. laid it on thick from the moment the game started. I think we were investigating. We were in, I think it was a dungeon. I think it was a fantasy game. Right. I think he had just purchased the book of vile darkness too. Oh, that's a bad sign. Yeah, so uh this was his first go with it. Yeah. It's I think his first and only go. <laughs> but we we got into the yeah, it was I remember it was a, uh it was 3rd edition D&D. Yeah. We went, we went down into this dungeon and the first thing he did he says and the walls are the walls are, you know, are made of you know, writhing entrails like Oh, okay. Uh, well, good. kind of a right off the bad thing. The further we got, the more gore there was. Right. And uh, every time we encountered a monster group, it was they were tearing some tearing people to shreds. And it, kind of, it was kind of nice until we realized he says, "And end with, like you're deeper into this dungeon, and then these like you see two deep, you know, two vrocks are tearing apart this child with pigtails." Where are all these people coming from? <laughs> like, there's no towns or villages anywhere near this place.
0: Yeah, it's awfully convenient. Um, yeah, that's too heavy, too heavy, too great. Especially the entrails at the beginning. You know, like a better way of doing the exact same thing, or at least the entrails on the walls, is you know on the dark, on the wet dungeon walls. Um, mm-hmm. You know, talking, just describe it in graphic detail. And then you see the walls are lined with some sort of tubes or something like that. You can't really, or you can't really tell. Uh you approach it and uh you know or the, just...
1: like the the tunnel smells of a butcher's shop. Yeah. Uh
0: and as they get near you see it's this fleshy material. Make a medicine check or a healing check. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's entrails. What the hell? And they but you, you look around, there there are hundreds of them, and they're all fresh. What what foul magic would keep them from rotting? Where do they get so many? Ah, make a sanity check, you know.
1: Yeah, it ended with uh it actually, it, of course, ended with uh, Mephistopheles. Right. Because he had also played... Uh, what level were you guys? I think we were like 15. Oh, okay. We weren't supposed to fight him, but he was there, and we had to... It was like solve Mephistopheles' riddle or oh, something. Yeah. Beat him in a fiddle contest. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Which, of course, actually, yeah, I remember the, the, riddle, the riddle part basically you know, made everything we did beforehand not make sense. Right. Like, we're going through, he's like, is this horror and gore and blood and organs and tissue and bodies and violence. And then he's there, he's there on his black, you know, black throne with skulls all around him. And like, have have we descended into, you know, Kenya? (laughs) He's like, well, I don't know, but you're here now. And, and he says, you have to solve... Yeah. Where's that? It was uh, Kenya, you know, the eighth level of...
0: Oh, the okay, miles. I was going
1: to say, what the hell is Kenya? <laughs> Suddenly they're running really fast. You run as fast as Kenyans! You're... Sorry. Oh, all right. Yeah. Way to go, Ross. Power and then he gives us the riddle that's... Hey, guys, uh, that, can you solve the Sudoku puzzle? Or I swallow soul? And the thing... Okay, and what, what... The thing that made the whole thing pointless was the riddle that the Sphinx gave Oedipus.
0: Oh, what walks on four legs, and then two legs, legs and and then three legs. legs. Yeah, and... That's the oldest (laughs) riddle in the book. Damn, (laughs) you might as well say, what's black, white, red all over? (laughs) Of course (laughs) we... The newspaper!
1: Yeah, and... And the thing is, the players were like, we solve it immediately. (laughs) And he's like, Dave's like, oh, um... Well, good, I shall let you go then. (laughs) Thanks, and... Oh, here's the treasure you were looking for.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That's, uh, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe the devil was just having a good day. He's like, man, I just met this girl. I'm feeling great. Oh,
1: I'll give him an easy one. Ah,
0: oh, <laughs> you came all the way down there to see me. How you guys doing?
1: Yeah. This, well, this was like. Want some lemonade? Yeah. This was like the second or third time he tried to run the same campaign, which was a great idea. Yeah. But I think it was, you know, he he had just played some games with Sean. Sean was doing successful horror, and he's like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. I mean,
0: you should always try new things. I mean, um, you never know what you're going to expect. Again, one of the best games I've ever played in was a a game where I was a Jewish doctor hiding out from the Nazis in World War II.
1: And that can be fucking scary.
0: Yeah, no, it's... uh, Yeah, it was a 25-point character. I mean, yeah, fighting was not an option. I mean, like, my idea of aiding the resistance was treating their gunshot wounds and hoping to God the the Nazis didn't find my black market clinics. And, dude, like,
1: you want to talk about... talk about horror. It doesn't have to be supernatural. Just imagine, like, imagine, like, you know, Cowering, you know, cowering as a German tank's pulled up outside, yeah. and a bunch of SS troops are now searching the buildings in your neighborhood. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's uh, it, it can apply to a whole any situation. So it's just how you frame it, really. And uh, and I found, I mean, initially I was like, oh, I don't want to play someone who's such a wuss who's uh, he can't do anything. And then I really got into the game and I really enjoyed it. So yeah,
1: I think uh, the weak weak yeah see, weaker characters pre- you know present themselves well to horror. Yeah because you can't fight it off most of the time. I
0: mean, the key was that the the weaker characters shouldn't be incompetent at everything. No. But they should be only competent in a few areas.
1: You know, like a doctor or a plumber, yeah. electrician.
0: Right. Sort of. Or a soldier. But a mm-hmm. soldier's, you know, a basic infantryman, not a special forces, you know, Walker Texas Ranger kind of guy. <laughs>
1: Sorry. It's just, What's with this Walker Texas Ranger stuff?
0: Well, I don't know.
1: I, just... uh, I guess yeah. Well, you might as well try to explain why the tides come in. Yeah, exactly. Well, because yeah, they're we're...
0: afraid of Walker Texas Ranger. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, ah, old memes. Yeah. Dude, all your Ro- base belong to us. Wow, yeah. Ross,
1: Ross, kicking it up a notch here. Yeah. Old.
0: School. <laughs> yeah. Then talk about old. school. Anyways. Um. So.
1: Yes. Oh, well, um, also thinking back. Uh, like kind of, kind of an unusual horror game we did was a we did we, uh, Sean actually did a horror comedy one time.
0: Yeah. How was that?
1: It was good. It was teen. It was teenagers from outer space, <laughs> okay. which is pretty. It's it's an it's a comedy game, but Sean did a horror scenario in it that was actually really effective. Yeah, which is you know, it was a, I was playing a uh, the son of alien conquerors and generals. Right. Who uh, they decide that since I did so well on my midterms, they're gonna they're gonna treat us and a bunch of friends to a free camping experience on another planet. Yeah. So it starts off the normal bullshit. We land on the planet. And you know, there's like this. Some there's just a guy in like the tour guide outfit. You know, as we're going past all the out. It says on the all the uh, sites we can see on this for on this dark forest planet. It says it says over there's like over there was a the site of an ancient bat of an ancient battle where it's like where the enemy tr- enemies were crucified upside down. It was, oh, it says, and o- and over there is the strange temple that appears to be built more to keep something in than out. <laughs> And he's going through all these, all these, he says, says, and he said, and over here is Camp Crystal Lake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's adjacent to uh, uh, Elm Street.
1: <laughs> and we of course, it's this, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a summer camp, wooden cabins type thing. Right, and, right. and then he started throwing every kind of horror cliche at us. Yeah. But once again, he did them so well, it was actually a little freaky, even though, you know, we got the, uh, the Mike, the Jason Voorhees sound.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That and uh he says, it was, except uh, Sean did it wrong on purpose. Yeah, you know he did, and he says, uh, I, you know, like actually I think it's like this. You're like, and, he, and you're like, oh, thank you. Does it again, and then we scream. And
0: <laughs> so yeah, you can. Uh, um, that's what actually brings up one of the things I was thinking about is that horror is a very flexible, adaptable genre, and by that I mean you can put it with anything, nearly virtually any other genre, and have a horror whatever. For example, Shaun of the Dead. Romantic. It's really a romantic comedy. It's with zombies. Not, yeah, with zombies. But it's still, at its heart, a, ro- a guy trying to get his girl back. Yeah. And he does. But, well, spoilers. But um, well, If you haven't seen that movie by now, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah, go watch it. <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, anyways. Uh, so, then you have uh, you know horror westerns. You have sci-fi horror, like Dead Space, which we'll talk about. Uh, one of the game that the uh, our listener called an Andrew, he said he basically ripped off the movie Alien. And it nothing was, wrong with that no that's great yeah rip off. yeah again gaming is about ripping off whatever works for you so if alien yeah alien is basically a haunted house movie except it's a spaceship instead of a house you well know, it's, it's a it's, instead it's, of well, a
1: alien alien yeah is the
0: yeah that's yeah. why i said alien
1: okay i thought yeah i didn't know if there was an s on the end of it no i said alien tom fine you're just not paying attention i don't do that
0: sometimes. so if you want to keep horror new if you want to try something different don't Think of just horror, make it you know a uh, suffix or a prefix or whatever. So, you know, add another genre to it: fantasy horror. I mean, obviously not necessarily the Book of Vile Darkness, but you could, if you look at uh, the Robert E. Howard stories, a lot of the pulp yeah. fantasy, you know, Iron Heroes and
1: would I think would show itself well to horror. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, because you don't have any magic, and so magic is this weird, unfamiliar thing. Uh, then you have, jeez, uh, what other genre? I mean, action. Military horror. Yeah. You could, uh, Dude, uh,
1: what was that movie? Uh, was it, uh, Outpost? Yeah, Outpost.
0: Yeah. Uh, mercenaries in Eastern Europe help a scientist go to this abandoned Nazi bunker to find out what's going on. And yeah, that's a good movie to watch, actually.
1: And there's another one. Uh, it was the World War One Trench. Uh, Death Watch. Death Watch. That yeah, was it, a good one.
0: Yeah. So you could have military horror, military supernatural horror, military, uh, torture porn with, you know, to- uh, where the guys you know saw or hostile or any number of things. So, uh, if take your favorite genre and apply horror to it and see how that works. So uh, if you're if you're on the fence about horror or the pendulum, you know I don't know.
1: Pit, oh, pit the pendulum reference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See see how
0: that works. So another thing though, one technique that we didn't really mention in the last game or episodes, sorry, is foreshadowing. I think foreshadowing is crucial for a really great horror game. Now, if you listen to our actual plays of uh, uh, the Fear Itself mm-hmm. game, which was the follow-up to the Esoteric game, a lot of people are really liking the Fear Itself. Uh, it's a more serious game. It actually applies a lot of what you're listening to. Well, we
1: to got game. into it, so there's actually less joking.
0: I yeah. Think. One of the things I did that really helped is I specifically said, all right, I want this to be, you know... Let's keep the joking and be yeah, you know. I, I
1: think that's a problem with my group a lot too. Yeah. That you know I I tried like I tried to run a uh, Star Wars game. Yeah. And I I told I already mentioned this game. Yeah, I they, think I should have you know, said right off the bat. Okay, this I'm gonna set this a little, a little more serious tone.
0: Right. So, again, this is what they call, what I mentioned last episode, the social contract, the the rules of etiquette that apply to the people at the table. And so, specifically, just bring it out in the open. Don't just leave it to this unspoken thing where you just hope people will read your mind.
1: You're never close enough friends where you can read each other's minds like that. Right.
0: Uh, Unless that's a horror setting, you know, some David Cronenberg thing. Anyways, um, Scanners. See, scanner, sci-fi horror, Scanners. Screamers. That's just bad. I know that. Besides, that was Philip K. Dick. No, but we laughed. Anyways, um, so for foreshadowing, you know, so obviously the first thing is, you know, tell your players, hey, I want to run a scary game. Let's keep the joking and the BS to a minimum, or let's cut so it." That,
1: out. that kind of prepares the battlefield. Yeah.
0: So then, foreshadowing. What the example in the fear itself game that I ran that people mentioned in the comments on the site is, you know, at one point this uh, this sort of uh, metaphysical, you know, uh, Faust, metaphysical type bum gives uh, one of the players lighter fluid and how you know to so he can do something. And then later on this same PC, Cody, is fighting another bum who's made a deal with the same sort of deal maker. And uh Cody wins and you know ties him up with duct tape and things like that. And the bum asks him, So what did he give you? And Cody says, Oh, he gave me lighter fluid. Then the bum holds up his hand showing that his bonds have been cut and says he gave me a knife. And then there was just this pause, and then they started fighting to the death. And then Cody lit him on fire, and he died. So, yeah. Uh, but people really dug that because it was foreshadowed. Uh, because Cody knew that that other bum had made a deal with him. He knew that the deal maker gave people. tools yeah so but he didn't think about getting it specifically so when he revealed it it was consistent it was internally consistent and yet it it scared him because it's like oh shit the guy who i thought was neutralized that i thought was tied up is not actually tied up and he's about to stab me in the face so oh shit oh shit so yeah really great horror games can do that like uh in the movie quarantine Mm-hmm. There's a great you know, part where I'm, spoilers, uh, this is sort of a third in the, you know, they find patient X or patient zero, mm-hmm. basically this old woman who starts biting people. And one of the cops shoots her three yeah. times in the chest. And later on, things go pear-shaped, just go put it kindly. You know, Bad shit. It, so, yeah. And so they go back up to her apartment to look for something. Her body is gone. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, shit, what's going on here? So to foreshadow, basically introduce some element, some clue that gives a hint to the scare that you want to put on later on. But don't reveal the full shape. You know, say there's an odd sound, you know, that they can't describe. Or, you know, there's the body on the floor or something Smell like that. Or yeah. Some... Or, you know, that... The, uh, one thing, the shadow over Innsmouth, the main character is trying to look into this town and its weird habits.
1: Or like, we're back, start, to, we're back to alien looking at that mummified alien that's chest seems to yeah, be burst outward.
0: exactly. That's a very good foreshadowing. Yeah. And then later on, start introducing more and more clues, build it on, until the player's forgotten all about the first thing. You mm-hmm. know, they're getting into the action, and then you just slam them in the face. You just go, bam! Like you know, that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> And hit him over the head with you know, the revelation that that thing you thought of that had no significance earlier on. Uh, here, guess what? Yeah, the reason why that that uh, that alien had an a explosion coming from inside his chest because there was a monster inside his chest. And oh look, your friend, uh, same things happening to him. Yeah. But, so,
1: but be careful. Don't throw something out that you didn't. You know, you, you that you didn't. Well, have... you
0: can't have a, a sudden jump, but it can't be. It won't be as. Imp-
1: it won't have as much of an yeah, impact. well, I mean, you can do it, but if you're going to do that, you know, at least you know, mention it, mention it a little bit, something.
0: Well, I mean, every because like, well, you I, need I've, some had, scare. I've had
1: some games where something happened that made no things jumped right. out that made no that's sense. A, that, that's a clue. It can
0: be something totally new to the players, but the the key is it can't contradict what you've already established. Does that make sense? Yes.
1: So? No. That's uh, that, well. That's what's happened the few okay. t- a few times. So what? Uh, uh, give me an example. Well, it's um. Well, we were in the like we were in this place, and uh, it was a uh, under it was an underground laboratory in a game. All right, and uh, we're, we were all wearing you know the bios you know level four suits. Right. And um, we're see- and we're seeing you know, yeah we're and there's like you know a bunch of bodies, blood you know bleeding out. Yeah. Now yeah, you know that's you know good shit. Yeah. And. um and you know, and we're told, and it, yes, we're told that uh, you know, when we, before we go in, that like this virus, like once it's infected, you have like five minutes to live. Okay. So, so we, you know, we got go that all established. Yeah. So we go in. We go in, and a guy starts shooting at us with an Uzi. Okay. Which in itself is um, like, well, first because they've claimed the whole place has been bio scanned. There's no life signs present. Okay. So the, you know, there was that. They are told there was no motion. Okay. And they're, you know, and they're still scanning it. Okay. But suddenly, you know, a guy just appears with an Uzi and starts shooting at us.
0: Okay. Was he wearing a biohazard suit? No. Okay. You see, the thing is, you could have had a, a really good game that contradicted one of those rules, but not both of You see, you established two rules. One, you know, deadly virus. If five minutes, you're dead. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's rule one. Rule two is... It's been scanned. There's no life, no motion. So you could have broken one, the GM could have mm-hmm. broken one of those rules and then explained it later on because that that seemingly contradiction mm-hmm. at first can be used to create suspense and tension be like, "Oh crap, I thought we were safe. Oh crap, I thought this was real." And then you reverse it, you know, yeah. by reversing it you create you, but you can only do that so many times. And in general, you need to be consistent. So, for example, if it turns out the bioscanners were faulty, you know, mm-hmm. or that this guy had some gadget that protected him from the, from being detected, you know, a cloaking mm-hmm. device. Or B, the virus doesn't affect him because he's a mutant, He's he's got an yeah. antidote or vaccine. But to have both rules broken at once, you mm-hmm. know, like it would have been scary if he was just wearing a biohazard suit. And maybe he, there's some sort of visual clue that shows that he's cloaking, like there's some sort of static field around him. Yeah, And then you could be like, oh, he's wearing a cloaking device. And then you, all of you realize, oh, crap, we're in this... Really, contaminated a place without weapons. Ah, fuck, 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 fuck.
1: Yeah. So, it, but it's but you know, it just you know it so you know so much. It just didn't make any sense you know, at that point.
0: Right. So you can only break you can only break one rule at a time, and you always have to explain how the rules get broken. Now you can add new pieces of information as in general as long as you don't yeah. contradict but, the and, rules.
1: But what made but what, what the final nail in that was, and then we found out really he was there for no other purpose than to have a guy shoot at us. <laughs>
0: Yeah. See then then that breaks everything because then there's no internal logic to it. Things happen for no if things happen for no reason, no one will care because it's just random yeah. win, you know. So And
1: you know, and we, this wasn't supposed to be an action, you know, we were playing CDC guys.
0: Yeah. So I mean that could have been a great scenario. You know, if you're scientists surrounded by all these terrorists armed with guns, then it's sort of this survival, you know, you know, stealth type thing. That could be really cool. But to have them break all of those rules for no reason, that sucks. Yeah. So hopefully that sort of differentiation helps. You, know, you, you can't break every rule at once. You can bro- break one rule at a time. And, 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 gen- and, and the best scares are foreshadowed. They're always foreshadowed. Yeah. You and have I, to build up.
1: And you know, I, I actually suppose maybe well, I could have t- if you know, he fired a gun and then started screaming, Stay back
0: that would have been great because then it's like oh the virus is that dangerous enough that he's going crazy you know about.
1: and and you know and during the fight we could tell it wasn't he would strafe us and then just calmly drop out a magazine pop another win, fuck yeah. it and then continue spraying yeah so uh oh and by the way he had like 12 magazines on him
0: <laughs> were there any other bad guys in there no that was... Yeah, that's... See, that's when game mechanics get in the, the way of good stories. When you like, oh, I gotta have a fight here. You know, that... Uh,
1: actually, I've done... I've, I've been in games that had no combat.
0: Yeah, no... G- combat, you know, is often a staple. You know, that should be another episode, actually, is uh, I've been... Um, one note, if you remember the something awful forums, they've recently added they they have a traditional games yeah. forum, which is play by post games, mm-hmm. but they've added traditional game discussion, which is talking about RPGs and things like that, mm-hmm. and board games and right. um I just had I I've been posting there, so if you and they have something about violence and non combat violence and non violence in RPGs, and there's an interesting discussion going on about it. So uh yeah. Join in on Clockwork Joe on the SA forum. So feel free to say hi if you are a Member the Something the forums, so just just do it. Yeah,
1: yeah he, he's a, he's a long timer.
0: Yes, since two thousand, he's he's old
1: school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've just it's been... Like, yeah, not... In fact,
1: I think he was a he was a poster on the original on the first Photoshop Friday. Yeah, that's true. The uh, Bin Laden, <laughs> the, the Afghan bunker. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, back before you actually had to know how to use Photoshop, which <laughs> I really don't. So uh, anyway, so that sort of uh, uh, covers. Oh, one thing is uh, the last thing we I think we should talk about is uh, we've already mentioned you know don't change too much don't keep changing the rules if you mm-hmm. whatever rules you establish in your in your universe don't change them arbitrarily always have sort of a, an internal logic to it and that this applies to games in general not just horror I mean any game you can't just have random arbitrary crap happening unless that's part of the internal
1: logic of the game or if it, or if it's not being run in a serious right. manner
0: the main thing is you know like we mentioned foreshadowing, the best scares are the ones that are being built up for the entire campaign, the entire scenario. And uh, one thing you should always do to really terrify players sort of fight the cl- cliches and the conventions. And by reversing them, inverting them, playing with them. So what does this mean? You know, basically... Well. You know if your players expect a if they're all familiar with you know the if you know mm-hmm. your players you'll know what they're familiar with you know, and so if they're expecting that every little creepy little kid is a demon possessed hell thing, then make it not so the creepy little kid is just a creepy know, little kid, yeah he's a goth or uh, an emo or whatever else and another way to do it is you know if they expect the big bad guy to be this make it be you know make it the inverse but Don't change too much. Just change a couple of the elements, a couple of the genre conventions. So, um, if you have problems trying to figure out specific examples, you know, let us know. We'll feel free to post on our forums or comments on the website. We'll be glad to answer them, or at least I will be. Because, you know, Tom's too good to post on the site.
1: Maybe I will. I'll tell you what, you start, you post on that and I'll respond to it. All right. I post all the time, Tom. Yeah, I know. I know you do. That'd be good for you anyways so you see i don't have access to a computer most of the day oh would you like some cheese with your wine i hate you so much ross <laughs> seriously I, I i keep i'm kept up at nights by how much i hate you oh that's touching
0: so anyways, uh, next up, of course, we have a letter from Tom. We have some shout-outs, and Tom is staring at me. And, uh, of course, Tom <laughs> has an anecdote about a horrible game, uh, that horror game that he suffered
1: through two sessions of. Yes. So, Coming up. Dear, nameless, indescribable horrors that man was not meant to know. First off, I just wanted to thank you for being a staple of horror for so long. Big Daddy Lovecraft has made you famous, and I am grateful for that. The horror stories you inhabit and the games you have been in have made me joyfully shit myself in abject terror for many years. I think you may have even spoiled me on some horror staples. A hulking dead guy in a hockey mask wielding a machete just doesn't do it for me anymore. Unless the adversary I'm facing down has tentacles that can reduce my brain to a quivering lump of gelatinized shit, then just keep moving, because you're not scaring me in the slightest. However, I'm beginning to think that you are being misrepresented to the point of losing some of your fear. First off, you're not nameless. Indeed, many nameless indescribable horrors that man was not meant to know, N-I-H-T-M-W-N-M-T-K for short, are named and well-known. Azathoth, Dagon, Yog sothoth Yig, Cthulhu are all only a few, and their names are known by many. Now, I am not saying that a new stage name is what is needed, but I think a little less name recognition might do some good in the terror department. Then, of course, there's the indescribable thing. How can you be indescribable when descriptions of you are bound in many sources? Hell, in many of the books I have read, there are even pictures of you. Now I assume these are artists' interpretations, but the mere fact that artists have material to work with speaks volumes. I'm not saying that you're not terrifying. I'm saying that you can be described by people who have seen you, and that's not good for fear. Finally, there's the thing that man was not meant to know. I don't even feel that I need to explain this one. We know all about you. Over the years, horror books and gaming tomes have acted like a very persistent tabloid and put all of your innermost secrets on public display, much like Britney Spears' tits. The only thing we mostly don't know about is who you are banging right now, although a sex scandal between Lindsay Lohan and Cthulhu would be a very interesting afternoon read. What is the point of all this? I suppose that all this means is that there's a little less mystery to you. Still, it doesn't make you any less terrifying. Here's still icons of horror that the usual hero with a chainsaw arm can't defeat through brute force alone. So it's okay that we know all about you. It just means that we'll know how fucked we are when you pop out of a dimension of crawling madness and shout boo. So maybe all you need is a slight change of title. Instead of nameless, indescribable horrors that man was not meant to know, how about well-known, described horrors that will fucking kill you in the time it takes you to shit your pants, or W K D H T W K F Y I T T I T Y T S Y P for short. Practical and simple. Nine, four, one,
0: nine, four, one, nine, one, two, three. I'm Very impressed, Tom. That uh, last abbreviation, last acronym, yeah. that last acronym—that I bet if you if you phonetically pronounced it, it would sound like a new Lovecraftian god, a Cthulhu
1: mythos yeah, god. It's possible. All right, can can we hear that phonetically? All right, whip uh, to hit, with... Uh, Fiat it 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 what it sip?
0: <laughs> see I mean that's either uh, a stuttering priest uh, trying to pronounce his God's <laughs> name or a really really fucked up God that only you know the aborigines of uh southeast uh, of yeah. a remote well, Pacific island
1: this sounds more like a this sounds more like kind of a clicking language sound to me oh
0: yeah clicking language maybe it's uh, the insects beyond the insect men who live uh, beneath the deserts of Arabia oh there's a there
1: yep there there's a story right there yeah. You can't about, use it, though. It's mine. Think, Did we just blow your mind? I'm blowing your mind.
0: Yeah. Whoa. So, uh, anyways. Why don't we talk about some shout-outs? Yeah, stuff. why don't we? Uh, first off, I'd like to mention the very excellent survival horror video game, video game, Dead Space, which is for the and, uh, uh, 360, you, PlayStation 3. If you know anything 3.
1: about video games in the last few weeks, then you should know about this game.
0: Uh, yeah, 360, PlayStation 3, and PC. Uh, basically, you play Isaac Clarke, this engineer... Uh, who's going to repair this big old spaceship, the Ishimura. Guess what? Some really messed up shit is going on in the Ishimura. And so you have to use uh, industrial tools to kill monsters. And the the, the gimmick is you uh, have to dismember them to really kill them. Like, just shooting them in the body? Not gonna work. Dismembering them with a plasma torch? That'll work. And you know
1: there's an animated there's an animated movie coming out
0: about yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, Dead Space Downfall. And there's also mm. a comic book, uh, with the art done by Ben Temple Smith, who did Thirty Days of Night. Ah. So there's also an animated version of the comic, which is basically voiceover actors um, reading the script as they uh, show the panels from the uh, comics. So uh, it's a brand new horror franchise. I'm tempted to run a game set in that universe because there's a lot of material for it. Uh, It's an homage in some ways to uh, other previous horror games uh, like System Shock 2, Bioshock. Doom 3. Doom three. Uh, okay, I right? like that game. Yeah, right. and more System Shock two, right. and uh, which you probably haven't played.
1: I played that. Yes. Oh, you have. Yes. Okay, yes, I have.
0: so um, there's also some excellent zero gravity stuff and uh, vacuum stuff where you're actually in space. And guess what? There's no space and there's no sound in space, so it's very easy for the monsters to sneak up on your ass and you know and bite it. Yeah, and kill you. So. Um, there's a video that uh, I, I'll link as well listing every single way you can die in the, that particular game. And uh, it's really awesome. There's one enemy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a spoiler, but I don't give a crap. Just to show you how awesome this game is, it's kind of a weird little bundle of tentacles that it'll grab onto your head. And uh, if you don't rip it off in time, it'll rip your own head off, stick its tentacles down your spinal column, and then the the little center mass of it will pull into your head and sort of you'll be a zombie with a new head.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Nice. It's
0: really fucked up and I really enjoy it. And, uh... It's the the only the only thing is it doesn't have a lot of replay value because it's only about twelve hours and you don't really you know there's hard easy normal and impossible if you beat it you get the impossible mode but it's the same game just a lot harder yeah so, yeah still worth at least a rental if not a purchase so uh, what do you got
1: well actually along that line actually at uh, the movie I recently purchased which where I first saw the you know, trailer for uh, that animated version of Dead Space. Yeah, which was Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer. Tell us about it, Tom. Huh? I think I will. All right. It is a movie very much along the lines of Army of Darkness. Um, about a you know guy whose parents were killed by monsters when he was a kid. Aww. And so now he has severe anger issues. I would bet. And it has Robert Englund in it. You know, Freddy Krueger, right. who's playing this uh, night, this you know community college night class teacher. Who gets possessed by this, you know, demon heart that turns him into a horrible monster in the middle of class, <laughs> and trapping uh, it traps him in a community college, which nice. you know I, I I went to one, so it's very reminiscent. It, it's it's a scenario I've actually thought about running in a game a few times. Nice. nice. It's where he basically he's a plumber. He has to rise to the occasion to defeat the monster to save you know his fellow classmates and his new girlfriend after he's dumped his old one for being a total bitch. Okay. That's very
0: good. Um, I've got a couple more. All right. Um, One is Fatal Frame 1, which is an Xbox video game. Uh, But you can play it on the 360, obviously. And uh, there's a whole franchise now. Fatal Frame Basic 1. um, You play this girl looking for her brother in a Japanese mansion that's been abandoned. Mm -hmm. And you have this antique camera that can take photos of ghosts. And the thing the camera's photos will damage the ghosts, sort of steal their spirit, which is Mm -hmm. good because the ghosts all want to kill you. Right. So, you're wandering through this mansion, solving puzzles, trying to do, you know, find your brother, figure out the mystery. There's this whole ancient Shinto ritual of human sacrifice where they strangle a girl with ropes tied around her limbs and head, mm-hmm. and that severs the limbs. Yeah, so it's pretty nasty. So, pretty, and uh, it's very, very Japanese. Uh, I really think so. Japanese? Yeah yeah and but it's got really great scares, and you could if you're running a game, you can learn a lot because it has perfect foreshadowing. I mean, it's the same mansion, but so the actual area of the game is pretty small, but it the more you get into it, the more it changes. You find hidden rooms, you go back to areas you found earlier and you find new secrets uh the camera takes photos of places and it covers secrets mm-hmm. and um yeah, it's a really really well put together game. Uh, the actual mechanic I mean you're not very powerful but you have this camera and you move kind of slowly so it's sort of very terrifying to come against some ghost that's really wanting to you know eat your soul basically so uh, and there's no gore Um, Mm -hmm. you know there's headless ghosts but they're all traditional Japanese ghosts you know black and white floaty transparent Mm -hmm. and uh, there's like one ghost broken neck where it's like a guy a woman with her neck hanging behind her uh, on her Mm -hmm. back And then there's blinded eyes, where the ghost is blind and won't be able to find you as long as you stay perfectly still. And, uh, yeah, there's some really great... Yeah. Um, Two more, (laughs) because I just got all kinds of... uh, Book of Unremitting Horror. This is uh, Pelgrim Press. This is a monster book for fear itself and esoterists mostly esoteric but still the, the same system gumshoe system
1: yeah and the book i've used for inspiration on my game
0: what i really like about it is the monsters are all re- pretty much not all of them but most of them are very original usually in games you either in horror games you either get you know one or two types of monsters the so one cthulhu mythos type monsters or two monsters based on folklore you know mm-hmm. Uh, and and then you know, based on popular folklore, f- culture, things, whatever else. So, Unremitting horror. There's not really like you could point to Hellraiser and uh, Silent Hill as some of the influences. But the monsters are overall they're sort of fleshy, weird shape, cre- ugly, you know, demented things, and uh, they're from this other dimension called the Outer Black, and they want to cause human suffering. But pretty much every monster in that game could be a whole scenario in of itself. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's some really messed up monsters in it. It's a big, thick book, too. And there's sections on artifacts. There's a couple scenarios in the book.
1: And I, I lo- actually, I love the artifacts.
0: If you love horror gaming and you want something new, really get this. Even if you don't have gumshoe, just get it. Because you can easily convert these monsters to other systems.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I remember like you know, some of the artifacts were like videotapes yeah. and, rec- and like, re- tape recordings.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's just... There's so much good stuff in the book of Unremitting horror that you just it, it will revitalize your gaming. Like I based uh, the scenario on two monsters: the blood, the blood, the blood corpse. corpse, and the ovashi. And the ovashi, I just, as soon as I read, I it, was like, "Oh my god, this is great!" You could do a whole campaign with the with one ovashi, and that would be the only monster in the whole campaign because mm-hmm. it turns people against each other, and it just ah, oh, so much great stuff. So and uh, smokes souls, yeah. yeah yeah smoke souls yeah so uh and then finally of course again i'd like to mention the sa traditional games uh Traditional games discussion forum because now you you have a place other than ianworld.org and rpg.net to talk about uh, rpgs and board games and mafia. So it just started. Please go there and post and make sure that the mods don't shut it down. Uh, people have been trad games, the thing in trad games is they've always been doing play by post games, mm-hmm. and that's sort of dominated. And I'm in one of the play by post games actually, uh, a zombie, GURPS zombie survival horror game where I'm playing a movie director, a horror movie director. Imagine that catches himself in a horror in a zombie zombie apocalypse and uh it's been pretty fun so but you can't really have discussion in play by post games on the same forum because yeah. play by post games people are posting so often they'll just drive discussion out of the way so now that they finally separated it uh we're, re- there's some really interesting discussions going on so um yeah i would uh, definitely check it out if you have an account on the something awful forum so it's 10 bucks to register but that's for lifetime but if you're already on there all right go and uh, oh yeah finally I'm starting to play by post game fear itself on our forms the RPPR forms this is sort of an experiment I, I make no promises uh, there's already five or six people or four or five people posting characters so even I'm probably gonna start the game pretty soon because people have already shown a lot of interest in it um, but if you're a fan of that stuff check in check it out I'll be trying to post every day every couple days uh, it's basically set in a well. Just read it. It's it's you know survival
1: horror. Yeah. Anyways, I'll even I might post in it too.
0: All right then. Are yeah. you gonna make a character, Tom? Yeah, why not? All right. Ooh. Well, we'll see. It's on now. Yeah, it is. It's on like Donkey Kong. Whoa. Yes. So. uh Oh, and of course, as always, I know we have mentioned this in a while, but if we do, for those of you who've just joined us or new listeners, uh, we appreciate any and all iTunes reviews. Please give us a review on iTunes, positive review. Uh, we appreciate it. We don't. We do this for free. Um, we've taken down ads. Um, oh, also, we do have an Amazon affiliate thing, so if you buy something on Amazon, we get, you know, a little bit of it. But. Um, this is a labor of love, people. So uh, any of those reviews would be highly
1: appreciated. Yeah, so. we do it for you. Let's try
0: to get fifty reviews. Awesome. Yeah, we're we're at ten now. We appreciate each and every
1: forty more. That's all we ask. Yeah.
0: So, anyways, Tom, I believe you had an anecdote.
1: Yeah, so much so that I was I was almost mentioning it in the in the show. I it's I can't believe I th- I couldn't remember this <laughs> until now, but. And I blocked said, well, it out. Yeah, I get, I try to block it out. Okay, there was a group I used to run stuff in at at my uh, college, OTC Ozark. That's Te- a community college. Yeah, Ozark Technical College. And uh, I met these guys. Yeah, you know, first of all, I can spot a game. I can spot a gaming group at a table immediately. You can just tell. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I go there to. Actually, I I got in there by saying, Oh "Hey, what do like what do you, like what do you guys play?" Boom. You know, an hour conversation ensued. So they invite like, "Hey, we're starting. We're trying something new here." It's like you want to come, you know, come up with this. Like, yeah, sure, I'm always good. So the first game we do uh, is like later in the afternoon. And there's no place open overnight, so it's still kind of daylight. But he wanted to run a horror campaign. Now he was running it in uh, Beyond the Supernatural, which is Palladium's horror system. Yeah, you know, you know how I feel about that, but whatever. yeah,
0: Palladium rules are terrible.
1: Yeah, so. I, uh, I don't even remember the character I was playing. Some, you know, an investigator who starts out with all the skills as shit. Right, right, right. So, you know, it really, it's pretty average. A few good things. But there's something I'm noticing he's doing. Whenever he's describing stuff, he, I mean, I, I he had a way of describing it that I did not Really think about until I saw a particular show on the Sci-Fi Channel, <laughs> which was Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. In fact, I'm supr- I'm actually I'm gonna we'll I wanna, try and put a link up. Yeah, so actually, I want to do a belated shout out <laughs> to uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah, that is an awesome ass show. It is. Too bad it was only six episodes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah you know, basically it's a parody of those '80s horror. TV shows, like '80s
0: action shows as yeah. well. I mean, not just you know horror, but you know the sci-fi thing, that A-team type stuff. '80s shows in general, yeah, action shows.
1: So, and uh, Garth Marenghi, the guy, who does it. Has, always does these intros, and also he's also the primary actor in it too. And I realized the GM loved to describe stuff and talk in ways that he, Garth Marenghi, would used to do. Like, you know, in one, like one of the, in the beginning of one of the episodes, he was like reading from a book he wrote which he says he says he says his arm his hand was severed at the wrist from like from the stump squirmed millions of wriggling maggots 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 <laughs> he would do that he would describe stuff and then repeat it he says it says he says the wall like the wall is like the the evil symbol is painted on the wall in blood 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 <laughs> And I mean, and everything that he thought was horror, you know, was, was horrific. He would describe, he would repeat, you know. I remember, like we were fighting, it was like some palladium demon, and uh, he, he says he's glistening. He says he's glistening with blood red slime, slime, slime. 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 <laughs> and I don't, I could not take it seriously. Right. Uh, I mean, he was. I mean, the scenario was kind of interesting, but the the way he kept sit, repeating all that. Uh, I was trying not to laugh the whole time.
0: Glistening,
1: glistening, glistening, and you know, finally, you know, I, I forgot. I've only played two sessions with him. It was, you know, we actually, I, I basically, he finished the, you know, cur- the scenario. Yeah. And I didn't. I never played with him after that again. <laughs> and I, 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 and I forgot it. I kind of forgot about it. Just a forgettable game until yeah. I saw Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and it all came back to me. Like, oh my god people actually do that. Ah. And I thought like, well, maybe this the show was like a tooth back in this was like 2005. So I thought maybe he saw this. I don't I don't think Garth Berenghi's Dark Place came out. Yeah, it was done like early, at early as 2006. So, this was him. This was all him who did
0: this. Well, Garth, wow. What a strange world.
1: And uh that's I guess it made it's made the reason I love the show so much. Right, because that's what the game reminded me of. It was kind of like a ridiculous, you know, show. Yeah, true. And it it was like we went, you know, just scene to scene to scene. Yeah. And each time he would try to he would try to up the ante of what's horrific. You know, not the starting with the walls that are entrails, not nothing like that. But, but you know, every is like as like it was kind of like going through a like a haunted house, and each room we went in had something more freaky. It's like, you know, go to this, you go to this room. It says, like, it says, like in the middle of the room is a giant beating heart. Beating heart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unless it has some sort of connection to the actual players, to their, you know, what's going on, it's just set dressing. I mean, mm-hmm. if the beating heart was somebody they knew, then no, that's no, horror. It, it,
1: it, no, it was like a giant beating heart.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, that's just, whatever, that's just freaky. I mean. Yeah, and. I mean, if you had done the entire game like ultra realistically, mm-hmm. nothing supernatural, and that was the first supernatural thing they saw, then that would have an effect. But mm-hmm. just to be like a giant beating heart—I mean, whatever. But yeah, it, I mean, what does it mean? I mean, what is it connected to? What does it signify? So, I'm just too clinical.
1: No, it it, it is, but I couldn't get clinical. All I could think about was the constant repetition. All right, repetition, repetition. repetition. repetition.
0: Well, of course, Tom. You know what this means. Of course, you uh, you need to close out the show.
1: Oh, yeah. I guess I opened it. Yeah. And I thought I did a bang. Well, you can't at- just. But you can't just close
0: it. You need to close it out right.
1: I need to close the show out right. Is that it? close
0: it out right? All right. Close it out right.
1: Well, fine. This has been Role Playing Public Radio episode twenty three. This this has been Ross Payton, and I'm Tom Church. Thank you for tuning in. Role playing public radio Role playing public radio
0: 3 0 A uh-huh.